Welcome back to another episode of Connecting the Dots. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. I want to just kind of focus on a different topic and kind of shift focus uh, to feeling overwhelmed, uh, dealing really with workplace strategy. Uh, You can connect with me. I would love to hear your feedback. Love to engage with you. YouTube at CV space K. Uh, It's Cody Vernon Kelly. Instagram at CVMK33. At Twitter at Cody's uh, underscore life one. LinkedIn at Cody Kelly NBA. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the podcast. Let me know how things are going. I'll let me know what you want me to cover. Uh, But kind of want to deal with today just kind of uh, the topic of feeling overwhelmed in the workplace. The Huffington Post put out an interesting article and had this on their stat line. They said 58% of American workers feel overwhelmed at the workplace, and they started listing the reasons, whether it was uh, stability or pay or the inability to accomplish objectives, uh, and really focusing on uh, this work-life balance or the need for this harmonious balance. I want to talk to you, uh, just kind of focus really briefly on slowing down to speed up. So the reality is, no matter what our job is, uh, we all have deadlines, we all have goals, uh, we all have objectives. And this is something that uh, really came about after listening to kind of a podcast at Craig Rochelle. Uh, but how to apply this application, how to take a step back and see it holistically uh, is the key. Uh, it's easy to get caught up in the weeds of what I call management of crises. And it seems like, and especially the higher up you go, instead of actually accomplishing things or implementing strategic vision, uh, you're basically hired to put out fires, right? So uh, something came up, an initiative, an emergency, uh, you're the one. And you really get more into conflict management than I would say the strategic implementation of objectives and initiatives, and which is fine. That's what they hired you to do. Uh, But the problem is when you're managing conflict instead of actually creating an atmosphere for growth and solution, you never truly get things done. Things always kind of stay in the status quo. And when you stay in that status quo, it's hard to be innovative. And if you're an idealist, if you're a visionary, if you're someone who has uh, who sees themselves in a different light, who sees themselves beyond their job title, not in a what I would call in a positioning or I'm here and I'm going to do three months in this position and another year in this position. And But I'm saying you see yourself in an evolved state. It's hard to stay put. Uh, it's hard to put an eagle in a closed room, right? Uh, so when you're trying to take it uh, to the next level, you really have to take a step back. You have to slow down and not allow the pressures of the initiatives, the pressures of the culture to make you or force you into a hurried decision or a bad decision. You have to create time in your work day for just you. And I don't mean uh, disappearing and going off to the bathroom, you know, and nobody can find you. I don't mean, you know, like, hey, where's you supposed to be? We're in a meeting. What I do mean is you have to look at the work day or the 24-hour day and see it from a different perspective. Uh, You cannot be isolated nor confined to what I call 
the traditional nine to five. That means I got to get in an hour early or stay in an hour later or do both so that I can be manageable and get everything that I have to get done. And I think there has to be an honest conversation uh, between the employee, the team member, and the company as a whole, how to create an atmosphere where work can be continuous uh, without it being what I call microscopic. Uh, You have to have trust that I can complete this task without necessarily sticking to the traditional elements of your process. Uh, because there's too many nuances that have entered in. There's too many disruptors. There's too much distraction. and There's too many things to worry and care about and to get caught up into this is the way we've always done it. That can create an atmosphere of stifled growth. It's hard to be innovative when you tell me how I cannot be innovative. Uh, the boundaries on imagination Uh, the boundaries, and I don't mean from a budgetary standpoint. We all have uh, fiduciary responsibility. What I'm talking about is when you're so glued to the process that you're not willing to entertain a better idea, at least in part, there might be an issue. So in order to slow down to speed up is you have to have a committed group from top to bottom. When we talk about a committed group, um, you really have to have what I call wise counsel. Um, the, the hardest truths and in the workplace environment, and this isn't specifically, this isn't a general statement, is finding individuals who you genuinely trust uh, with the sensitivities of your persona. And what I mean by that I have to be able to go to you even if it makes me look weak. Because what really is strength? Is strength the appearance or the perception that I'm a guru? I'm a subject matter professional or expert? Because no matter how professional you are, no matter how much expertise you have, you will encounter things that will be new. You will encounter challenges and opportunities that will force you to grow. You will encounter uh, obstacles that will make you rethink your strategy. And when you encounter these things, how do you respond? I think it's of poor taste to think that you have always or you got it all figured out. So when you're talking about selecting wise counsel, I really believe that the job of a leader within any institution, within any group, the team leader and the team constituents have to have a system of trust. They have to have a system where ideas can be shared and is not manipulative. It's not a way to get over. I don't feel like my idea will be Uh, taken by someone. There has to be uh, an understanding of mutual concern. Right? Because it's hard to partner when there is competition. And I love the competitiveness of everything. I love competition. I'm a huge sports fan. I think competition brings out the best in people. I'm all for it. 
I'm all for trying to prove yourself. I'm all for uh, pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps, uh, quote unquote. But I think there has to be an acknowledgement of the system in play. Um, competition is fine, all things being equal. The problem is all things aren't equal. That's the whole dilemma. So when I'm establishing wise counsel and I'm trying to look at something holistically and I'm trying to implement this vision, can I trust you with my information? Can I send an email to you and then I be forwarded? Can I confide in you professionally and then not come back to bite me? People talk about the process, but if you separate the process from the personality, it will be an impersonable approach. The process and the person are one and the same. We deal with human beings. You cannot eliminate the human experience from a strategic process. So when I'm seeking wise counsel, I have to first understand who can really feed me? Who are feeders? Who are takers? Who can feed and take? And is the food that they're serving, does it truly benefit who I am? Next thing I want to talk about, I want to talk about uh, the humility aspect of it. You have to humble yourself. No matter what your job title is, it's okay to say, I don't have this figured out. It's okay to say, I'm not God, right? Like that's, I feel like that's easier said than done, right? So it's okay to not be perfect. It's okay to be you. What is not okay is to pretend to have everything grouped together, everything in flowing order and be susceptible to life because it will show you how strong or lack thereof that you really are. You have to have humility. You have to be willing to extend yourself and ask for help. Yes, they hired you to complete a job. Yes, that's what you went to school for. Yes, that's what makes you you. But yes, that doesn't mean you cannot learn from somebody. That doesn't mean you could not have handled it a different way. The humility of who you are is not in attire. There is false humility. There is the appearance of humility, of humility, and then there's the truth of humility. Humility is when you have the power to do something and you submit it against your own benefit for the greater good of the other. Understanding where my weaknesses lie and not using my strengths to abuse it. When you can humble yourself and really apply your humility to a process. Look, I don't have it figured out. You know, Even when you do presentations, I think when you can establish the human factor, you take the pressure off yourself and the pressure off the audience. Because everybody comes into the situation with a certain expectations. And the problem is the disappointment comes when the expectations are not met or it goes beyond what you expected. Now, it can be good if it is a feeling of catharsis, if it is a good thing. 
but it can also be translated in a negative way if I feel like you're doing too much. Humility. Next thing I want to hit on is the application of it. So when you're talking about the application of it, um, you're talking about the right fit, uh, you really have to stick to your vision. A lot of times after you seek wise counsel, you get all these or all of this great advice. Um, you get the insight that you were looking for, an insight that even shocked you. Uh, but what can happen is that your vision will be metamorphed into something that is completely non-organic. You have to stick, even when you take in all this information, when you apply it and you mold it and you shape it, you have to stick to the vision. Your idea was not a mistake. The vision of something is going to be what you latch on to. It is with that insight that you always have a strategic path. Um, when your vision gets altered to fit somebody else's vision, you deliver something um, that even though it might be beneficial in a certain interval of time, there will be a disconnect somewhere. Now, I'm not talking about, well, do I ignore all the advice? No, you do not ignore the advice. But you have to stick to the process. You have to stick to the truth of it, the spirit of the initiative, the spirit of the, of the project. These elements can change, variables can change, implementation can change. This is what all wise counselors should do. It should make it feasible to implement that organicness of truth. But the truth itself should not ever change. So it doesn't matter well, if it's a business, you, uh, you wanna open up a orange juice Business it was all organic orange juice, and uh, you know the whole vision is the organicness, the low calorie, complete nutritional value. Uh, that has to be the truth going forward. How it's implemented, the brand, how it's processed, the logistics—that's the wise counsel. That's all the variables. But see, the truth of the vision has to come forward. What about banking? Well. The brand mi mission, the, the mantra, that has to be at the core of everything. How it is implemented through uh, the omni-channel focus, through certain platforms, through certain yield percentages, through certain interest rates, through certain personnel. These are all variables. These are all logistics. That is totally separate. That's the wise counsel. But when it comes to the actual implementation of who you are from an identity standpoint, that has to be organically real. If it ever changes, then it all changes. The truth of it, the organic application, is the most needed element when it actually comes to bringing about a vision. I cannot tell you who you are. I can show you everything that makes you you. How you see yourself is how you see yourself. So... I have to take this and say, how does this become presentable in my truth, right? 
That's the process. That's the application of it. My wise counsel should be able to direct me, should be able to mold me, guide it, make it less uh, abrasive. It should be able to make this clay fit into this frame. Once it fits, the organicness of the truth is the clay itself. Now, if they started to swap out the ingredients to what makes clay clay, now you have an issue. But it has to be molded by the wise counsel, but the truth has to be delivered by who you are. The application of it is the ultimate necessity of its truth. You have to learn how to stick to the vision. When it comes to managing it and sticking to the vision, when you're dealing with the issue of feeling overwhelmed, you should have a game plan before the game starts. Even though things will change and the constants will vary, I should have a knowing, a realized, defined expectation before I step foot in the door. I should not have to come to work and wonder what should I do next. A real team contributor, a leader, before that person even steps in the door, they should have already planned out the planning process. You should have every day a map. Now within a map, the routes will change. Within a map, you will have traffic. Within a map, you will have construction. You will have drop-off points. But the geography of the holistic perception will always be the same. So my map has to be there so that I actually have a true compass. It's dangerous to navigate without a compass when you really don't know. Look, one of my favorite movies, Pirates of the Caribbean, Jack Sparrow as wild and entertaining uh, as Johnny Depp, as Jack Sparrow is, as Whitery, right? It, it's just, just absolute off the charts. What made him different from all the other characters in Pirates of the Caribbean was that he had this compass. And I know that sounds a little corny, but look, he had this compass that would only pour, point to what he valued the most. It never pointed... Uh, to necessarily the, the whole crew's objective. And this is when I talk about Six of the Vision. Whenever he would chart a path, it would always point to where he needed to go. That inner compass or the geography has to be there. And he never used a map. He never used, well, he would use a map, and then he would look at the compass. He would never use, you know, the, the, the sole advice um, <laughs> of one of the, the shipmates over the other. It was always an entertaining uh, collusion between his captain and his bird uh, and just all the things that came across his way but from the first film up into the last film the most consistent thing was the compass the reason why is because you need a map you need a compass you need an inner guide that can really point toward your north star can really point to what is truly the most important things of life and the most important objectives of work. Because there will be obstacles. 
You will feel overwhelmed. You will have moments where it seems like it's a, a well of a job. It's a mountain to climb. And if you do not relax yourself and hone in at the process, if you do not um, kind of see it uh, from one end to the other and yet still not be overwhelmed by the intricacies of the process, if you cannot understand the purpose, you will lose yourself in the, in the process. The purpose should always outweigh the process. And once you attach yourself toward that purpose, once you attach yourself to that compass and your map, you will navigate safely and you will be in safe haven and you won't have to worry about the tides overthrowing the ship because this, the weather will change. There will be variables that will come your way. There will be uh, pirates with, you know, uh, <laughs> interesting stories and backdrops and, you know, uh, what was the mythical uh, beast? The Kraken, right? Like all these things in a metaphorical sense that happens at the workplace will happen because it's the human element. But when you can understand how to navigate within the human element, you will never abuse the human element. You will never go against the human element. You will always appreciate the human spirit and allow it to better the experience. All right, well, this is all the time we have. I appreciate you tuning in. Like I said, love to hear your feedback. If you like what you're hearing, please like, click, subscribe, share. Let me know. I want to get in contact with you. Again, you can follow me on all social media platforms. I would love to hear you. Again, this is another episode of Connecting the Dots. Thank you.